You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to begin here today by calling in the helping spirits. So I call out first to your ancestors and to mine. I call out to all of those who've lived well and died well, all those who have gone before us and bring to us all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines. I call out to all of the grandmothers and the grandfathers all the way back to the first people to be with us in a good way, to help the living to do what we are called to do for those who are coming, to help us to live the unique soul's purpose each one of us brings into the world and to help us to understand that in this way we are living one face of the divine we are helping this expanding uh, divine energy come to know itself through the way that we choose to be in our life uh, what we choose to do with our life and how we choose to inhabit our life and so i call out to those ancestors who struggled with precisely the same things and found answers for themselves we ask them to be with us here and i call out to those ancestors who struggled struggled with these things and did not find answers to themselves while they were living but learned as they reconciled their lives oh that's what i need to do better next time and so i ask these ancestors to gather around us as well so that we can be held well and come to understand what is truly possible for those who are living so with the ancestors gathered round, let us each move our awareness from our heads to our hearts and our hearts to our bellies and from our bellies to begin to reach down to touch the earth. And in that moment of gratitude with open hearts, open hands, as we touch the earth, let us give thanks for this day, whatever it holds for you. Thanks for all that has been that has brought you to this moment. And thanks for all that will be. We give thanks for beauty and diversity. We even give thanks for the challenges and the hardships that we have not yet quite understood how to unwrap to find the gift in. We give thanks for all of this. For some way, somehow, it all comes together to be a better future. So we give thanks to the earth for the wonder of her dreaming that brought life as we know it to this planet. And we give thanks in this moment with a bit of awe. We give thanks for the true miracle of life. And with the great diversity and beauty all around us of this day and the wonder of life, we give thanks to the earth and begin to send our energy down through all the layers of the earth to the very center of the earth, offering our gratitude as we go until we reach the very center of the earth, anchor ourselves firmly there, and reaching deep into this energy, we begin to draw it up, just as if we were drawing water up 
two straws. We draw this energy up, up into our body through all the layers of the earth, calling into ourselves this pure energy of restoration, rejuvenation, and replenishment. We call in all of the wisdom of the cosmos. I mean, all of the wisdom of manifestation, of how to be here in form in a good way. All the wisdom that comes through us, through the earth, through the ecosystems of the earth and the interconnectedness of the earth. We draw all of this energy in to help us understand how to be here, how to be alive, and how to be a force for life, for all life. And with this energy of the earth, let us use it to be grounded, to choose to be grounded here in our body in this time, to create a sense of home, create a sense of hearth and a sense of belonging, and to do this in a way that we allow ourselves not to close our personal borders, but to have healthy boundaries and allow our hearts to be open to those who are different than we are those who we, would, who we would see as the other. And may we live in such a way that all are welcome at our table. And we ask the energy of the earth then to help us, to help us to understand this connection, connection with ourselves, connection with others, connection with the environment, connection with the spirit world. Let us begin to feel the interconnection and interdependence of these things and understand how we actually become part of the system not the thing that stands in the way of the system actually flowing. And so we call out to the energy of the earth to help us to understand ultimately that sense of oneness of all things. And may we find our place in that great oneness. And with the energy of the earth within us, let us draw that energy up from our bellies to our hearts and our hearts to our heads and extend that energy up and out, out through the sky above. Whatever the weather, the sky holds, send it out through the weather and out through the atmosphere and all the way out into the cosmos. Letting your energy reach up through all the heavenly bodies, all the way to the highest power. And when you connect with the highest power, by whatever name you call that power, know that power as you and you within it and to call that power down. Calling it down into yourself, into your day, into these proceedings. And as you call on that power, call into yourself the pure essential energy of blessing, the energy of protection, the energy of devotion and benevolence and generosity. And we call these energies down to draw into our life all the wisdom of the cosmos, inspiration and illumination. We call these energies in, into our head, into our heart and into our belly and send them all the way down all the way to the very center of the earth. And in this, we, in this way, we connect heaven and earth within ourselves and draw all of these resources of these two great and legendary lovers. And with this big love within us, let us ask the heart now to awaken. Let the spirit of the heart come alive in this big love of the earth and the sky within us. And we ask the spirit of the heart to open as the crucible of transformation that it is uniquely within us. And may the heart call up the fiery passions of the belly and call down the crystal clarity of the mind. And let these two energies be together in the heart to dance together in such a way that neither is destroyed. The essence of both is pure. And together they give birth to that third and sacred thing, which is a sense, a knowing, a memory of your soul's true purpose. And may you find in your heart the courage to do something in this day, large or small, to bring that purpose, to bring those gifts into manifestation in the world. 
And so in this way, we give thanks to all of these energies for gathering round our ancestral helping spirits, our regular helping spirits, the spirits of the land on which we sit. We give thanks to all of these energies for gathering round us here today and holding us. And may what needs to be said here today be said, what needs to be heard be heard. And may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. I'd also like to thank Renata, Chelsea, Nate, Nancy, Sarah, JP, and another Sarah. For all of these listeners, we're able to donate financially to the show. And I have great gratitude for you all because you are helping me do what must be done each month, which is to simply pay all the bills to all of the technology that allows these shows to be available to you live and then free in the archives to anyone who is able to get to a computer and get on the Internet. And so we give thanks to those of you that are helping me to keep these archives of almost five years of shows available to people who are interested all around the world. And this is a great gift that we offer and I could not do it without you. I would not do it without you. And so I give great thanks um, to those of you who are able to help me in that way. And I also give thanks to those of you that send questions, that send show ideas, that link um, and connect with the Why Shamanism Now site, that um, post things that um, on your Facebook pages, all of those many things that you do, and you're much better at it than I am, of helping the the awareness of the show and the use of the show to grow. And I particularly thank those of you who take these ideas, these teachings, these journeys into your life and to do them and let me know what happens. And I just, I give great, great gratitude to all of you that are helping me to keep the show alive and vital. For those of you who would like to donate and have not yet, please go to whyshamanismnow.com, click on the support button. You can leave any amount, large or small. Any currency doesn't matter. If you're not comfortable doing that through the internet, please contact me at Christina at lastmaskcenter.org. And I will give you a regular old address for a regular old check. And for those of you that would like a monthly reminder, please let us know and we would be happy to accommodate you in that way as well. So thank you everyone for helping me to keep the show um, alive. We are live this week and if you have any questions about today's topic, you're invited to call in at 512 772-1938 or Skype in from the co-creatornetwork.com site or just email me with a question at christina at lastmaskcenter.org and just a little note about the Last Mask Center website is the classes are all on that website and there are actually a number of classes being um, scheduled right now for the winter and the spring Um, and they're not up on the website yet but they will be soon Um, And I'll let you know as soon as they are. All right. So today's topic is what is intimacy with spirit? This is kind of keeping with a theme that's been growing here over the last month. So so what is intimacy with spirit? Um, Well, one of the ways to talk about the quality of relationship that we enter into in shamanic trance states is that it is an intimate relationship. Um, Steve Baer talked about this in his show, What Do the Spirits Want from Us? Um, he wrote about it in an article that he did for us for the Society of Shamanic Practitioners um, journal. Um, many of the guests that we have on the show have actually talked about this. And what is interesting is as contemporary people, we hesitate to name it what it is. We search and search and grope for a word in English to talk about the quality of relationship. But the bottom line is it is intimacy. 
And we are simply afraid as contemporary people to use this word. It scares us. Um, and it shouldn't. It shouldn't because all things that matter begin in intimacy. So I saw this really clearly, um, I don't know, a couple weekends ago, I was teaching the energy clearing class in Tucson, having a great time with a bunch of fabulous people there. And they were asking questions and we were talking about self-love and the cultivation of self-love. And I was pointing out the irony of having all these aspects of ourself that we are ignoring shoved down in our body, which is what we're learning to clear in the energy clearing class. So there's all these, all these little selves inside that we, we are very actively not engaging with. And many people were talking about being afraid to connect with these energies and having great resistance to doing this clearing work. So there's a lot of energy going in not, not being with these aspects of the self and not feeling these feelings. And yet, just about everybody in the room certainly have been doing work to um, accept their self-worth and to love themselves and to honor themselves and all of that. And I was talking about how obviously the gap here is in the fact that we are not loving, honoring, and embracing these aspects of the self that we've shoved into our body and we're not talking to, and that these are the energies that need to be cleared. And if we would just be accountable to these energies and clear them, then we would feel our self-worth. We would love ourselves. We wouldn't have to work at these things somewhat um, Sisyphusianly. Um, like Sisyphus, instead, we would actually be cultivating these things by the very nature of doing the energy clearing. And so the point that really came out of this is the recognition that there is no intimacy with ourself if we are resistant and afraid and, and unwilling to go to any aspect of ourself we have um, shut our energy off from and, and to, to recover that self. And that, that there is no intimacy, really, if there's, there's this whole, whole aspects of ourself we won't communicate with. So the question is, why does this matter to shamanism? Well, this matters to shamanism because our internal clarity or distortion – um, so our internal, our internal clarity or distortion of reality changes how we see reality. I mean, duh, right? So it changes the questions we would ask then. And it changes how we interpret the answers that we receive. And it changes what we do with that interpretation because these unresolved energies create in us a sense of distortion, limitation, fear, um, and projection, frankly, on reality. So, for example, a student of mine recently at a retreat, at a cycle teaching retreat, um, emailed me after the retreat and said to me, among many things, there's something very wrong with that retreat center. Now, the truth is there is something energetically not quite right about the retreat center. And we've known this for years and we've done tons of work there for years, as have other groups. And there persists as something that's a little bit off there. But the important thing is there isn't anything terribly wrong there, that it's not malicious, it's not harmful, it's just a little bit problematic. And so the point is her, her sense that something was off was completely accurate, but her sense of scale as to what it was and how bad it was and how problematic it needed to be was completely off. 
because of these internal energies and so uh, unresolved internal energies. And so because of a lack of intimacy with herself, her assessment of what was going on in the physical world was off caliber. It wasn't inaccurate in its essence, but it was off caliber. And so that's why this affects us in our shamanic practice because it makes us misinterpret, misjudge, miscalibrate what we're experiencing, not only in ordinary reality, but in non-ordinary reality. Okay, so why does this matter not only in your shamanism? What if you're actually journeying for other people? What if you're a practitioner that's working for other people? Okay, so then whether or not you're accurate has a huge impact, not just on you, And, you know, we're learning, right? So it's all right if we make mistakes and we have to learn from our mistakes. That's part of growing up and becoming a mature spiritual being in the world. So you'll live through that. But the issue is when we put ourselves out as professionals and then give people inaccurate information. So, for example, if you... um, How would you interpret an encounter with a soul part um, if you have your own – a soul part that experienced some kind of violation by someone? If you have unresolved issues that you carry around about emotional violation, let's say, from a parent. So if if you're not intimate with that aspect of yourself, if it's shoved away, then how are you going to – that will distort how you interpret encountering a similar kind of pattern in other people's healing. So intimacy with self, intimacy with spirit is critically important. And the most important thing is that your intimacy with spirit arises out of your intimacy with yourself. So two weeks ago, we talked about the axis mundi, and I want to kind of tie these shows together. We talked about it as an existential place or point where the dialectic cohabitates. We also talked about the Axis Mundi as the world tree in shamanic cultures, that it is a starting point to the journey into the other realms. And we talked about it as the center channel that runs inside each of us as humans, our center channel that connects heaven and earth and does so through us and in us and brings these two legendary lovers together in us as as a great source of energy and wisdom Um, That supports us standing in our own power. And so the Axis Mundi is is all of these things and more. Uh, But most important is that none of these things are mental constructs. These are realities that through your shamanic work you begin to experience. You can experience with the assistance of the drum, experience it more deeply in journeying, for example – Or through the repetition in your own visualizations or your own Qigong practice through that repetition. You can begin to experience greater intimacy with, for example, your center channel. And we kind of talked about this a couple weeks ago. In other words, this is all about how, how do we cultivate intimacy within ourselves so that we are able to cultivate intimacy with these formless energies. And so... It, meaning shamanism itself, has always been about intimacy. So in this Axis Mundi show, I tried to plead the case that that intimacy begins with your intimacy, with your internal, personal Axis Mundi, your center channel. 
and that this requires a kind of energetic intimacy with yourself. And, and of course, I'm using the I word, intimacy, right? And so in the show, you know, I ask people to really not tune out, but to take a nice deep breath and wait that intimacy doesn't have to be scary. But the reason that it's scary goes back to my little story at the beginning of the show, because intimacy with self would bring us in contact with those aspects of ourselves we are afraid to touch, we are afraid to listen to, we are afraid to feel, that we shove these aspects of ourselves away to survive, and we're sure our survival still depends on it. But in reality, our survival now depends on our willingness to cultivate intimacy with all of these aspects of ourself that we've disconnected from. And it's really, really very simple. But this is why intimacy sounds so scary. Well, actually, there's a second reason intimacy sounds scary. The other functional reason intimacy sounds scary is that if you are in a state of soul loss, you are carrying a very real energetic vulnerability. In other words, you have holes. Most Americans, most contemporary Western thinking people are in a state of soul loss. So most of you listening do have holes energetically. And this also is another reason intimacy seems scary because you're bringing someone into this realm close to you where they could start unintentionally, you know, poking their finger into your holes, basically. And this is, this is, to be honest, another reason that intimacy sounds scary. But it's not the main reason. The main reason intimacy sounds scary is because we live in a time in the Western world where intimacy with self is not required to call yourself a grown-up. And in the past, in shamanic cultures and the mystery schools, in the past, an intimacy with self was required if you were going to call yourself a grown-up. So anyway, intimacy really doesn't need to be that scary. Um, That which matters deeply begins in intimacy. And you cannot actually practice anything you could honestly call shamanic if you are afraid of spiritual and energetic intimacy. So in other words, there is no shamanism without intimacy with the formless energies of the sacred. And there is no intimacy with anything until you can cultivate intimacy with your own heart. And this is um, just a bit, um, a part of what Sandra Ingerman has been um, talking about in her transmutation news newsletters, is how do we cultivate a deeper relationship with our practice as shamanic healers? And she talked about this a, a bit on the show she was on recently. And so I'm not the only one barking up this tree. And it's important for us to understand, you know, we've been at this for enough decades in the contemporary world that we have to start being willing to move into the truly shamanic realms, which which requires intimacy. And so what I talked about in the Axis Mundi show was that um, 
we can learn about actual intimacy by using ancient sexual practices that are developed to cultivate chi, to cultivate health and health and well-being, or the energy that that when it moves through the body cultivates health and well-being. And that these sexual practices are meant to be practiced solo. They're male practices and they're female practices because you each got different parts. Um, or we should just say there's practices that go with parts, regardless of how you identify in the world as gender. The point is different parts have different practices. <laughs> um, and I would just like to say for those of you that wrote in and said, what if I don't have my parts anymore at all? Um, and some of you did. And it's a very good question. And the important thing to understand is your parts, especially these parts, these um, sexual organs, all have spirit. And that if your physical parts have been removed, you can call the spirit of those parts back. And actually, if your physical parts, any physical parts of your body have been removed, gallbladders, um, whatever, I, I, whatever, I suggest that you call them back, call the spirit of these organs and such back. Um, it's essentially um, like any kind of power retrieval or energy retrieval. It's a restoration of the energies that began in your body and they belong there and that your body will be better able to keep your organ systems regulated because, of course, all the organs communicate with each other if you have the spirit of the organs back, even if the physical organ itself is long gone um, and so that's important and if you don't feel capable of asking your own helping spirits to do that retrieval for you it is something definitely to go to your local shamanic healer and ask them to do that on your behalf um, and then once that energy is brought back you can begin to communicate with those aspects of yourself either through your own journeys or just in your own meditations and connecting internally and intimately intimately with your own energy okay so so we talked about cultivating your personal intimacy with yourself and your center channel through engaging in these basically the the qigong the practices the energy practices um, of the sexual organs to cultivate qi restorative qi and generative qi I personally have found that this is essential to a strong and deep shamanic practice. Or another way to say that, without these energetic practices, my strong and deep shamanic practices burns me out. And, and I'm not not practicing properly. There seems to be this illusion that in shamanism, if you're doing it right, all the energy is coming through your helping spirits and it doesn't take any of your energy at all. And it won't burn you out. But that's simply not true. That's not true with anything manifest in the physical world. You're still a human being um, connecting with people, offering your compassion, using your cleverness to craft questions, moving in and out of the journey space, conducting ritual, ceremony, that there's still a great deal of human energy involved in the process. And that uh, if you're working deeply with people and thus moving in and out of that depth and then back to ordinary reality. Do we have what we need for dinner tonight? Oh my God, I got to do the laundry. Oh, back to the client. I mean, if you're moving back and forth in your depth of trance as you go through the day, frankly, you're going to get pooped. 
It's the bottom line of it. And what is important for us as practitioners so that we don't begin to get distorted about reality is that we cultivate our own energy. So for me personally, I have found that these Taoistic practices, particularly these sexual practices, are enormously helpful in keeping my energy restored and replenished to be able to do the work I'm being asked to do in my life. It's just my experience. There's other practices. I encourage you to do something. Because one of the things that I find problematic out there in the world is people who practice and become more and more available to their clients or their students, but they personally become physically less healthy. Now, I, I've been there. I know why it happens. I get it. But the point is we need to model what we're teaching. And we're supposed to be teaching about health and well-being. And so we need to figure out, you know, how many clients do you need to not see this week so that you have time for whatever practices you need to be doing to cultivate and maintain your well-being, your intimacy with self. Okay. So strong, deep shamanic practice, you need to support it energetically. That's where we were. So the excess mundi, again, is not just a mental concept for the shaman. The tree, the journey tree, the world tree is not just a mental concept. It's an actual practical tool. Um, it is a place of spiritual awareness, and it's an energy that we need to cultivate an intimate relationship with. It isn't enough to lie down and journey. It never has been. And, and the, what I love about journeying is, is, is it is enough to lie down and journey to initially start to get answers and, and very helpful answers. And that's, for me, part of the beauty of journeying is it starts working immediately. But to practice to truly call yourself a shamanic practitioner, someone who, who engages in shamanic practices and a way of living shamanically in your life. To be a shamanic healer, someone who's, who's bringing in clients, to be a teacher of shamanism, any of these things. You must cultivate intimacy with these formless energies. And this requires sacrifice. It requires a sacrifice of our very contemporary myth of individualism. And intimacy itself requires a sacrifice of that myth. It requires a sacrifice of our shallow ideas of what it means to be a hollow bone. There is no hollow bone without tearing honesty in intimacy with yourself. Tearing, shredding your old ideas of who you are and what's right and what's wrong and who owes what and blame and this and that and the other thing must be ripped to shreds. To truly cultivate the intimacy necessary to be a hollow bone. Right? It requires sacrifice of our very cowardly retreat into the standards of the contemporary world. Well, the world is just this way, so we don't need to do this hard thing anymore. It's like, well, that doesn't fly. If you want to call yourself a shaman, you must live a shamanic life of spiritual and energetic intimacy with your world. And not just the parts of it that you like, all of it. Not just the parts of yourself that you like, all of you. So your greatest asset in the cultivation of intimacy is your ability to cultivate and learn to move ecstatic energies in your own body. Because these energies then support us in being able to explore the little personal moments where we've shut down our heart 
so, so our first resource is this cultivation of these ecstatic energies in our own body to cultivate our center channel and our microcosmic orbit. And through these practices, be they Taoistic or yogic, you can cultivate your ability to intimately engage with your axis mundi and the big axis mundi on a larger scale and to truly enter ecstatic journey space. And when you have a, an abundance or at least the cultivation of this energy in your life, you have the quality of energy and thus the attitude that you need to address all of those little selves that have been suppressed, that you're so afraid or resistant to connect with. So intimacy with yourself is about owning your orgasmic ecstatic energies and coming alive and so that you have the courage and the energy to enter into your heart. And to, in particular, to go into those places where you have broken your own heart and to heal. So how? How, how do we do this? Where, where, where would we possibly begin? Well, one, one of my teachers had a saying, take a moment in your day. So this is to take a moment in every day. One moment in every day. Take a moment in your day. And see yourself as the man or woman you would like to be. Just to take a moment. Stop time. Stop habit. Stop limitation and doubt. And take a moment and risk seeing yourself as the man or the woman you would like to be. So now, what if you took that moment you've begun to take in each day what if you take that moment and place that moment of seeing yourself as the man or woman you would like to be in the center of your altar practice assuming you have one that you're you're calling in all of the energies and mustering your support for the day and then you visualize yourself as the man or the woman that you want to be to really cultivate this intimacy with yourself the man or woman you want to be and the man or woman that you are. And you place this current reality and the vision right there in the center of your altar practice. So what if you take that moment, that moment of really seeing yourself as the man or the woman that you would like to be, and you feed that the ecstatic energies, the orgasmic energies that come from your personal sexual practices. What if you were to do that to infuse them with that generating life force? So what if that either of these moments, any of them, even just the taking the moment in the day, what if that was infused with the feeling in your heart of what it will feel like when you are living the life of that man or woman? And all of these options beg the question, Are you intimate enough with yourself to even know who that man or woman is that you would like to be? Are you intimate enough with yourself to risk knowing that and offering that up to your day as your vision? So what is spiritual and energetic intimacy? What do I mean by that? Well... 
how should I know, right? I'm just a little white girl from Oregon. I didn't know any better than any of you did. So here's how I began to sort this out. And I mostly sorted this out because there was something I had no name for that I kept tripping over. Okay, so you have to imagine that I've got a shamanic healing practice and I'm beginning to offer the cycle teachings in their original form. Not exactly the form they're in now, but close, right? And people are coming, having these amazing experiences of personal transformation and inspiration and illumination and, oh my God, my authentic self. And this is the most amazing five days I've ever spent. It's worth 10 years of therapy. And um, I love you people forever. And we're going to follow through and all of that. And then we never hear from them again. I never hear from them again. Now, most people would say, well, what is your problem, Christine? It's just another workshop. What's the big deal, right? And, and, and I could even take that stance. I could even argue that position is just a workshop. They came, they got what they wanted, they left. But it didn't feel right. And it's not even that I'm judging it as right or wrong. I'm just acknowledging in my own intimacy with myself, something about this doesn't feel right. And it's not even that I'm assuming they're doing it wrong. I'm obviously doing something wrong. I'm offering these teachings in such a way that people feel supported in behaving in a way that feels really wrong, right? So, so what is this? Well, as one of my teachers once said, deep caring dignifies humanity. So simply as a human to dignify your own humanity and the humanity of others, why wouldn't you say thank you and goodbye? I mean, didn't your mama raise you upright? Why would you not do that after a deep and meaningful experience that everyone commits to being in contact for the rest of their lives together? Why would you not, when you come to understand, you need to walk away from it, say thank you, everybody, I've got to go now. Goodbye. I wish you all the best. Why would you not say that? So what was really going on when someone has this deeply meaningful experience, one of true energetic intimacy with other people, with the land, with the work, with the helping spirits, with the authentic self, and they don't even think to say thank you, goodbye. What were you running from the last time you did something similar? What we are running from when we don't do what our mamas taught us to do, which is to say thank you, goodbye, right? We are running from the energetic intimacy that was created. And the energetic intimacy itself is the thing that you need, that connects you to give you the reason to say thank you and goodbye or thank you and hello, I'm continuing, whatever it is. But it's the thing that makes it not feel right to wander off and not say anything because there is energy created in these experiences. There is an energy, a relationship energy created between you and your helping spirits every time you journey. It is there and it operates at a level of intimacy if it's operating at all. So then this story kind of continues, and as the years go on, not only is this continuing to happen, but now 
people are not only not saying thank you goodbye, but they're blaming and shaming others for why they're leaving. And so the important thing about this to understand, for this to make any sense, if it is making any sense at all, is that when we blame others or we shame others, we are by definition projecting. We are always projecting. And yes, I did say always. Right? When we are blaming or shaming other people, we are projecting. That is why we're blaming and shaming. There's no need to blame when we aren't projecting because we're coming from a mindset that accepts accountability for life when we're not blaming or shaming, when we aren't projecting, right? And so the mindset is a mindset that stands in personal power and just speaks to whatever is going on, but doesn't do so from an, an attitude of blame and shame, right? And, and, or an attitude of projection. Okay, so we have these people that are not only not honoring the energetic intimacy by saying thank you, goodbye, but now they're blaming other people. And what's important that we understand to understand this is simply that ego, the the unhealthy cultivation of ego is the denial of your small, personal, vulnerable steps that would lead you to power. You know, so projecting, blaming, and shaming is what we're doing instead of simply standing in our power. So that ego stance, that unhealthy ego stance comes from the denial of the small, vulnerable steps that lead to power. If I am afraid of intimacy, I cannot possibly even go to vulnerability. I can't even go to my small, vulnerable steps that would lead me to power. And so intimacy is, with self is absolutely critical if we are ever going to take the steps necessary to step into our true power. So then what is going on when someone who has the experience of this energetic intimacy and this spiritual intimacy, intimacy of resonating with their authentic self, their own soul, connecting with spirit, connecting with the spirit of a place. So we've got energetic intimacy and spiritual intimacy happening, which means people are touching true power. So what is going on when they don't say thank you, goodbye? It's a true and deep denial of that vulnerability that was accessed to be able to touch that energetic and spiritual intimacy. So how do you feel? Just put, to make this really simple. How do you feel when someone you have made love with, had intercourse with, is gone without a word in the morning? And never speaks to you again. Now, I mean, assuming they do this without having made that agreement before you even get at it, right? But so you have this intimate, energetic, and spiritual, sexually intimate, maybe not spiritual, but sexual, this intimate time. Most of us have at least experienced physical intimacy. And when someone is just gone and never speaks to you again, most of us find that at the very least troubling. Most of us feel there's something not right about this if we don't actually feel brokenhearted or violated by the whole thing. But it's at least not quite right. And it's exactly the same thing. No matter what kind of intimacy is being cultivated, to, to walk away from it without a word is a problem. So the whole point of this was to help you to see 
when you have that feeling of, huh, this isn't quite right, but I don't know why, it's because you've cultivated some intimacy there in that dynamic. And so that walking away without acknowledging that, saying thank you, goodbye, feels wrong because intimacy happened. And there's more in life than just sexual intimacy. There's this energetic intimacy and spiritual intimacy that is absolutely a defining aspect of true shamanic relationships with the land, with your helping spirits, with your ancestors, with the people in your community, with your clients, with your students, whatever it is. We aren't forging shamanic relationships if we are not risking intimacy. So you might protest, right, that this is really just about someone's discomfort and that they're leaving without saying anything because of their discomfort. But I suggest that there are ways to be with this discomfort when one is able to be intimate with oneself, that the real issue is the running from intimacy and that these ways of being with the self result in honorable actions. They're ways to to acknowledging discomfort. This isn't right for me. But if we do so in a way that that is also intimate with oneself, then the resulting actions will be honorable. So this isn't just about discomfort. Because in fact, the only real discomfort in life, the only real discomfort is not experiencing your significance. So what does it mean to experience your significance? Well, what that means uh, to not experience your significance is that you are unwilling to experience your small vulnerable steps, the ones that lead you to your own yin nature. So that significance, to experience your significance, you must take those small vulnerable steps. To take them, you must risk your own internal intimacy Go to that place of your yin nature that is still and silent and holds you accountable, requires that you be trustworthy and dependable, at least to yourself. It is only in this place of your return to your deep self that you can find your own significance. So all of these things, your significance, your vulnerability, your intimacy, they all work together. And there is no true significance that comes from the outside in. It only arises from the inside out. In fact, there was a listener who asked a question in a show we did probably a month ago that was about exactly this. How do I, how do I deal with the fact that I have these spiritually intimate, powerful experiences in my shamanic practice and yet underneath it all, I feel unworthy? Something like that. That was the show. Something like that. But it's the same idea that for us to truly embody the intimacy, the energetic and spiritual intimacy that comes to us through these shamanic trance states, we must be willing to go to that intimate place within ourselves to take the small and vulnerable steps that lead us to our own personal power. There is no true significance that comes from the outside in. Your significance doesn't come from your clients, it doesn't come from your students, it doesn't come from your family, your loved ones, your boss at work, it doesn't come. Your significance doesn't come from outside things. Because if you don't 
feel your own significance internally, your lack of self-worth and doubt will undermine everything coming from the outer world. The only reason any of that outer world stuff even counts, even registers, is if you already know it from the inside out. And then it is simply a validation of the significance, the meaning in yourself that you already feel. And all of this requires intimacy. So again, what does this have to do with shamanism? There is no shamanism without intimacy with the spirit. In other words, if you are not in a working relationship with a helping spirit of some kind, you are not practicing shamanism. Someone recently sat before me and said, I do this, 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 and all these shamanic things. And I'm thinking, great, I'm not talking about shamanism with you. Then I just do whatever the shamanic healing is that you need. And then the next thing is, well, one of the things I want you to help me with is I need to forge a relationship with my helping spirits. I'm sorry, people, if you don't have a relationship with helping spirits, you're not practicing shamanism. You may be practicing energy work. You may be doing kick-ass energy work, but it isn't shamanism, right? Just because you're extracting an energy doesn't make it shamanism, right? Shamanism is about working with the energy and the information, diagnosis and remedy that comes to us through our relationship with our spirit help, through our intimacy with spirit, our intimacy with the formless energies of the sacred. So back to how. First off, intimacy grows with contact. Journey. Meditate. Do your Qigong practice. Do the things in your life that bring you into contact with the sacred. With your sacredness. With your helping spirits. That all of any, any work in any one of these arenas, your relationship with yourself, your relationship with the sacred and the spirit in things in your ordinary reality world, and your relationship with the sacred, the formless sacred and non-ordinary reality, all of these things are about your cultivating intimacy. And they all, each, the development in one area can help to feed the others if you let it. If you don't compartmentalize things. And so intimacy grows with contact. So make contact. Do your practices. Do them even when they're not working. Do them especially on the days that it's not working. Do it on the days you feel like crap. Do it on the days you don't want to. This is how we cultivate that intimacy. And as you make that contact, ask about it. What are your three greatest hurdles to true intimacy with this particular helping spirit? What are your three greatest hurdles to intimacy with yourself? Intimacy is an embodied experience. It's not a virtual one. Your capacity for intimacy with anything, with spirit, with technology, with a lover, it doesn't matter. But your capacity for intimacy begins with the cultivation of true intimacy with yourself. Not just the self you envision, as I talked about earlier, but with the self that you are in this moment. And this requires radical acceptance in the moment. Accepting who you are and being willing to be intimate with the aspects of yourself you are afraid of. The aspects of yourself you do not like. The aspects of yourself that scare you, 
because they are holding feelings for you you don't think you want to feel. You know, so this takes us back once again to the story I had at the beginning of the show, which is the story about how can we speak about intimacy, about loving ourselves, about feeling our self-worth, if we are actively engaged in resisting, fearing, pushing away aspects of ourselves from our past that got hurt, that were judged harshly by others, that we learned to fear because of how others reacted to them. In other words, we can't. That you cannot continue to compartmentalize these past aspects of yourself and expect to continue to deepen your shamanic practice. You will eddy out. You may not think you've eddied out, but you will eddy out. Because the depth of our practice is completely measured by the depth of our intimacy with spirit, with the energies. But that depth of intimacy is completely measured by our depth of intimacy with ourself, with our true self, the self we envision and the self that we are. So it's important to visualize and to imagine. But also to understand that your intimacy also needs to be a felt experience. It's not just a mental idea. You want to come to a place where you can feel the spirit. Whether it's an organ that was removed and you want to feel the spirit once again of your womb or your gallbladder. Whether it's the helping spirit that you've been journeying to. It's one of the reasons that you're um, often suggested that you dance your helping spirit so that you can merge with your helping spirit and feel intimately what it feels like to be your helping spirit. So in, in cultivating intimacy, you'll likely come to understand uh, the energies as you cultivate intimacy, you will likely come to understand the energies, the fears, the ideas that keep you from intimacy in the first place. And it's important that you understand what you need to let go of. I'm not sure there's any good reason that would keep you from intimacy with yourself. I can't really think of one in the moment. And so all of the reasons you carry, all of the resistance, all of the heaviness, all of the fear, all of the stories about why you would not embrace every aspect of yourself that you find and let what needs to go, go. And draw those energies back into yourself. It all needs to go. Because all that you've come here to do that matters really hinges on those small vulnerable steps. Each clearing is a small vulnerable step to connect back to who you were when you made that choice and to help that part of yourself unchoose it. Because this is about how you carry those energies forward. And so this is, this is the way, these small vulnerable steps, this is the steps, the path, both to your power, 
But recognizing that our relationship with our power, if it's going to be mediated well, is mediated through our cultivation of intimacy. And another thing that is important in all of this to understand is that longing and intimacy are close to each other. And it's important to trust your longing for intimacy. And as we talked about in the Access Mundi show, this isn't a longing for another person. It is a longing for intimacy with yourself. It isn't, this longing isn't speaking to you of anything outside of yourself. It is speaking to you of intimacy with yourself. And from that intimacy can come greater intimacy with spirit, with the energies around. I know that in my own personal life, that the clarity of the manifestation of my physical vision for my life came only after a commitment to these sexual practices because of how it changed my intimacy with myself and how it cultivated the energy necessary for that manifestation to run its course. And so these, these, these practices of intimacy are not to be overlooked They're not to be dismissed just because you can listen to the drum and journey and get a good answer. There's always a better answer. There's always an answer that is more true. There is always an answer that lies deeper. But these are not always available to us. That we are constantly being moderated uh, in in what answer we're ready to hear. What version of that answer are we ready to hear? And if you want to open up to the big answers in your life for your magnificence to live a life of legend, the path there is the small vulnerable steps that lead you to the intimacy in yourself that allows you to open up to the intimacy with who you are to become, with your world, and with helping spirits that are helping you to get there. So do not be afraid to call your work shamanic. You must be willing to be intimate. So I give thanks to the ancestors for gathering around us here today, and especially those ancestors that cultivated the practices, the shamanic practices, the sexual practices, the practices that we need to maintain a healthy relationship with ourselves and with the world. I give thanks to the earth below, the sky above, and the heart that unites us all. So next week, in honor of the equinox and this time of balance, um, I'd like to take stock. Where have we come to from the beginning of this new world and all the messages we were given by spirit of how to orient ourselves, what to be, what cautions we should pay attention to, what new relationships did we need to develop with things like complementary dualism and darkness and... um, I can't even remember them all. But what I'd like to do is take stock. Where are we now? How are we doing in becoming the people who will write the story for the new world? Because we are writing the story right now. And I, for one, would like it to be a truly different story. 
So this will be next week. So I hope you'll join us next week. And until then, may you find something in each day this week that you touch with the true intimacy of your heart. Have a good week. Smile